Good morning. Happy Women's Day. I, I asked somebody what this was about, and they couldn't answer me, so I googled it and found out it was about women receiving rights, getting, uh, making a complaint against all these uh, passes that they had to have in the beginning of the freedom for women. Hallelujah. I've uh, had a word that I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to speak about. It's, it's, a, um, it's a word to understand that as I uh, study, I'm the one who, who gets uh, blessed. You know, as, I, as the Lord has me share on something, every time I'm the one that, that, that's the first beneficiary of what he's trying to say to me. And um, it's on the tongue, on the use of our tongue, taming the tongue specifically. And uh, understand that I'm nowhere near what God wants me to be with this. But I'm sharing the word in hopes that we all come to a place of unity and that, and that God brings us into right relationship with the Holy Spirit regarding the use of our tongue. Hallelujah. So God invented language. I was thinking about this, and you know, when he was walking in the, in the garden, there was, they were speaking. There was a language. We translate it in our Bible as English from a Hebrew but we don't really know exactly what that language was. Um, and he was speaking with man, and he, and he not only created language, he created the tongue that would express language. And it started out good. It started out this communion, this, this communication, God and man, back and forth, understanding, uh, empathy, and, and a closeness. And then sin brought man's fall. And when, when man fell, the tongue fell with him. And we, I, I don't believe we really understand just how far we've fallen. Um, and, and God's word reveals to us where we're missing the mark. And, and as... It soon followed that this communion was separated by sin. And right after that came Babel. In Genesis 11, verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Is interesting because they they had a unity, but their unity wasn't around using that one language for good, was it? <laughs> it was all about self, and God was left out of that whole picture. They were building a tower for their own purposes. They had stepped away from the communion with God, and it was all about self. 
So it says, let us go down in there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them all over the earth and they left off building the city. So they were scattered abroad because they couldn't understand each other. Their unity uh, around this false, uh, this false worship was now spread and broken. There was no longer any of that communication. In Psalms, this, this sort of the, the state of man in Psalms 12, verse 2 says, Everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. You see, um, it's all about the heart, isn't it? Even though the tongue is used to communicate the thought or the impression, it's coming from a source, isn't it? And, and Jesus... Um, he, he began to speak to this in the New Testament. But there's in Romans 3, it says, the fall of produces death. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. And the venom of asps is under their lips. Every time we open our mouth, we have the potential cause problems, don't we? <laughs> or blessing, right? We have, we have both. We have the potential to, to create a, a problem or a blessing. And it's, it's about that that we want, I want to look into the Word. You see, back as, as they progressed in time, it was Babel, and then even, the, the, even Isaiah, the prophets, had problems. Uh, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He began to see the difference between what used to be and what was now. How far man had fallen from the state that God had wished us to be with our tongue. Jeremiah 23 Another prophet, therefore behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from one another. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare, thus declares the Lord. Behold, I am against those who prophesy lying dreams, declares the Lord, and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness, when I did not send them nor charge them. So they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. So the, the picture, just as far as the tongue was concerned, keeps getting bleaker and bleaker. But there is promise in the word to us. In 1 Peter 3.10 it says, Whosoever desires to love life and see good days. Desire to love life and see good days. Hallelujah. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. It's, we, we need to set a guard over our, our, our mouth. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, A good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person 
out of, out of this evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, uh, I've, I've sometimes been shocked at something that came out of my mouth. And, and I've said, whoa, I, do I, I, do I, did I just say that? And the, the bad thing about words is you can't retrieve them. Once they're out there, they're out there. But, uh, you know, that scripture had come to me and, and said, out of the abundance of the heart. I had to examine my own heart and say, I heard myself say that, so there must be something to it, right? I needed to repent of something that was in my own heart because of something that came out of my mouth. And that's our place. That's where we, the condition of man is that our throat is an open grave, the Bible says. You know, it's like if something that somebody goes along and, and doesn't expect and falls into it. We have to not be a danger with our tongue to others. So, Matthew, Jesus said, after he, in the same scripture, he talked about out of your heart. He says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That on the day of judgment we will give account for every careless word. That's a, that's a huge statement, isn't it? It's, it strikes uh, conviction in my heart that every careless word, you know, sometimes we think that, well, it doesn't really matter. No one's around, whatever. Uh, maybe it's just this person. It matters. God is witness to what we say. So we need to have the, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There's hope, in, there's hope in the Word. What does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. You see, how important are words? Well, your salvation depends on it. You know that. Because uh, Christ made this covenant with us, a covenant of peace and salvation. But it is ratified orally, isn't it? Confession is made unto salvation. So he did all the work. He, he fulfilled the covenant. He said, it's finished. But to ratify the covenant, we must use our tongue. That's how important words are. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So it's our very, our very salvation hinges on us using our tongue. In our heart, one believes... And with our mouth, one confesses. There again, there's that connection between our heart and our tongue and what, when we are truly believe from the heart, we'll confess with our mouth. Amen? Sometimes we want to get people to confess with their mouth. But that can be last as long as the words are hanging in the air, Literally. What, what happens is the belief comes in the heart. 
and then the confession comes out of the mouth. And Jesus always goes back to the heart. O Lord, in Psalms 15, verse 1, it says, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. He doesn't slander with his tongue, does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up reproach against a friend. Look at those words. Speaks the truth in his heart. Right? So the truth from the heart is where he's actually speaking from. Because the Lord talks about, you know, the best thing we can do with our tongue is to worship the Lord, isn't it? My praise, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips. That's the best thing we can do with it, isn't it? And it comes from a place of the heart, doesn't it? We can, we can also sing words and not have any real meaning behind them. Just singing words. But when, it, but when the Scripture says when it comes from a place of truth in our heart, that's when it's most powerful. That's when there's life in the tongue. Amen? Life and death are in the power, but life comes from having our heart in what we're saying. That it agrees with the Spirit of God. That we're, we're in, in unity in the Spirit. Amen? When God moves among us, when we're worshiping, it's because our hearts are united. Right? We're in unity. They were in one accord. Amen? And they were one accord. That's when the unity came. There's so many uh, things that Jesus talked about the tongue. In Matthew, he talked about not making oaths. You know, there, there, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of oaths made. And Jesus said, I don't want you to do this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't be taking these oaths that lead you into trouble. Just be people of the truth. Speak from your heart that is being changed from within. And these double, I love these double comparatives um, that are in Proverbs where they uh, speak about the tongue. There's like a million of them. I can't really give them all, but I'll give a few says, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Ecclesiastes, let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your, divo- at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? That was the oaths that they were taking. Don't, don't say to Someone, when you've given an oath and the messenger comes, you say, no, no, I'm sorry, that was a mistake that I said that. Now, Jesus addressed that issue. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't be swearing by any, anything. Just be straightforward in your speech. 
The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool pours out folly. You see, there's, this, there's always this availability to, to be a fool or be wise with our mouth, isn't it? It's the life and the, the, life and the death thing, right? We can, we can trip up and end up speaking folly when we intended to speak wisdom. My father used to say to me, because I would open my mouth at the wrong time, he would say, um, put your uh, mind in motion before you put your mouth in gear. Right? Because I would just babble something out and then have to deal with the consequences of it later. And um, he, said, he would also say, better to be silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> so I did that quite frequently. <laughs> We need to be gentle in our speech, amen? Um, You you overhear these conversations of people and I think, oh my gosh, how hurtful a thing to say to someone, you know? Uh, the, the, The biggest lie is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. We can wound each other. We can damage people to where they don't participate in ministry anymore. With the tongue. You'd be better to shoot them than, than to do some of the things that have said, said to people. They can overcome the physical pain and get well. But if you, you, you spear them with a word, sometimes they don't get better. We have to be careful what we say. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There's the the choice again. Do we bring healing to someone? Do we run them through? Right? this, This choice that we have is so precarious at times, isn't it? The difference between saying something that will could damage someone and someone that would bring healing to them. And God, help us. God, help us. Jesus says, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What a, what a challenge to us. We, in James uh, 3, verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says... He's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. Wow. I, I looked at that and I went, wow. What an amazing scripture. It, it says he's a perfect man. If we were able to do this, we'd be able to be a perfect man. Jesus was perfect. Wasn't he? Jesus was perfect. He, he is the perfect man. So we would be able to be like him. And that's what we're all hopefully trying to do. Amen? We're all trying to be like him. We're all wanting him to be set free in us. He's in us. Let him out. Right? The perfect man. Don't cut in front of, the, of him in the line to speak. He has something to say. Right? 
He's in us. He wants to speak. Sometimes we say, oh, just a second. I'll get this, Jesus. No, no, no. Let him out. Let him say what he has to say. He compares, James is, is wonderful with this whole tongue thing. He compares the tongue to a rudder of a ship, doesn't he? And this one, um, I spent a, a big portion of my life on the ocean. So this one means a lot to me. Because if you ever have your rudder go out, you know you're in serious trouble, right? But it, it, the, the tongue directs the course of our life, doesn't it? And we're to say, what, uh, there's some specific instruction, like, don't say, I'll go do this and I'll go do that. But we'll say, if the Lord wills, I'll go do this. We're, we're giving that authority of God's direction to our life with our tongue, our, man, our, our lowliest member here. We're saying, God's will, not mine. Jesus, to the front. Right? You first. And when we yield our tongue to Him, it can direct the course of our life. It can also, if we are unyielding of our tongue, the rudder of the ship can run us aground. Can't it? There's that life and death. It's always a choice there. We are, uh, and James, know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. This one was one that I had. I had a lot of anger in my life. A lot of anger. I grew up in an alcoholic home, and uh, there was a lot of pent-up anger in my heart, and it came out of my mouth. And it can be very destructive. And we have to yield that to God. It's, it's, it's when He changes us, uh, take all of this that I'm saying in the light of God's grace. There's no law here. We're not trying to externally change what we say so that it makes us sound different. We're allowing God to change our heart so that what comes out of our mouth is what He wants to say. It's grace. Amen? And and as much as I would have liked to, I couldn't change my heart. My heart was angry. Had to deal with it. Be angry and sin not, right? Um, So when God began to transform my heart, then what came out of my mouth was much more pleasing to Him. It's It's not about law. It's not about external. It's from within. And then our mouth, it says in Psalms 126, was filled with laughter, our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. God can redeem our anger so that what comes out of our mouth pleases Him. There's, again, so many Proverbs. I I don't have enough time. But another thing I wanted to touch on is the whisperer. In Proverbs 18, verse 8, it says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels, 
that go down into the inner parts of the body. You see, the, this is something that we also need to guard against. Because, remember, we have an enemy, and he has a, he has a goal, and he wants to destroy unity, doesn't he, amongst us. And if we are allowing our, yielding our tongues to be a whisperer, right? It's like what James said about the fire, isn't it? He said a small spark. Just get a little spark going. Catches the bushes on fire. It's a small word, small thing. And pretty soon you've got a raging forest fire. Right? That's the whisperer. You ever have someone come to your house and set your couch on fire? Anybody? No, but that's just what it's like, isn't it? It's the same thing. Hello? It's the same thing. Come into the house, sit down on your house, let's have some tea, and let's begin to talk. Did you hear that so-and-so? Oh, my gosh. You know? They just set your house on fire, and then they left. They did. That's what James says. It's just a spark. It's a small thing. Right? No, we don't participate in that. We don't participate. Just say no. (laughs) Not interested. What's the Lord doing in your life? How's He transforming your heart? Amen? So, as we... As we look at what the Word says, because it doesn't matter what anybody else says. What, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? It says in Colossians 4, Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you might know how to answer each person. What is the nature of salt? It's tasty, Right? And, it's, and it does more than just provide good taste. It retards corruption. Right? Uh, you got meat that you don't want to rot. What do you do? Salt it. Right? What, what do we see around us everywhere? Biltong. Yes. <laughs> Biltong. And it is... Retarding corruption there, isn't it? And it lasts a long time, doesn't it? It makes it last. It keeps things from from going bad, going rotten and going stinky. Right? In our world, we are as Christians are salted into the community. Aren't we? If you glob us all up together, you ever get a big glob of salt by accident? It doesn't taste that great, right? God intentionally spreads us around so that we flavor the world around us. Right? We change the conversation, as it were. Right? And that, um, that changing of the conversation is having salt within us. Isn't it? First, God's, where does God first stop the corruption? In our hearts. So that what comes out of our mouth, God says okay to that. And then that, we, we need to have salt in us 
because we see corruption everywhere we go, don't we? And But do we hold our peace? Too often, I think we do. Too often, we don't be the salt of the earth. And what happens? Jesus said, if the salt has lost its saltiness, it's no good anymore, except to be what? Trampled under feet of men. So let's speak now so that we're not trampled later. Amen? Let's stop the corruption now so that we don't have to live amongst the rotting, decaying, smelly flesh that is around us everywhere. Let's allow the Lord to direct the course of our life with our tongue. There's, James says that it's like a, a well that uh, produces fresh water one day and salt the next. Not, it, you, can, you can go, people don't want to come to you and go, yeah, I'd like a good drink of nice, cool uh, mountain spring water and get this salty, nasty, you know what I mean? There, there, there needs to be a consistency among us. Amen? We, uh, we, we praise the Lord with our tongue and then we go out and we curse the taxi driver as soon as we hit this corner down here. He's saying that, that there needs to be a consistency within our lives. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself here at times. You know, God, God convicts us. It's his job to convict us of where our tongue has led us. And, where, and if you hear something coming out of your mouth, pause and say, where did that come from? Jesus revealed to us in his word where it comes from. It comes from our heart. Put away from us crooked speech and false, devious talk far from us in Proverbs. We're to have, be a sound speech that cannot be condemned. In, in Timothy it says, uh, in Titus, sorry. In Titus, it says we are to have sound speech that cannot be condemned. And, and when we think about Babel, I think of um, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Yielding our tongue in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is speaking to God. It's communing with God. It's Babel restored, isn't it? Where he takes us, he first confused our tongue and now let's bring it back to where we can commune with God in a tongue. Holy Spirit, come control our tongues. Amen? That's the word. Is the Holy Spirit control our tongues? In Matthew, Jesus revealed what was behind this is when they deliver you over, don't be anxious how to speak or what you're to say, for you'll just be given it right then in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Right? God will give us the words if we yield to His Holy Spirit. When, when, we, when we lay down our right, right? We think we have a right. We've given those up. We, we think we have a right to say what we want to say. We've given that up. 
the Holy Spirit will give us the words if we'll let him. We have to yield to him. God wants to redeem every portion of our life, every bit of it, body, soul, mind, and spirit. Help us as, as, as husbands, as wives, not to speak anything but love and peace on our spouse. Yeah, confrontation is, is sometimes healthy, but how we do that can, can be a sword or it can be an instrument of healing. How we do it. Where are we coming from with our heart when we do it? Right? I've heard some of the most hurtful, horrid things. People can't even repeat them without weeping because of the damage. And if we yield our tongue, we'll be so less likely. Amen? If we just yield it and say, God, I... I'm a man of unclean lips who dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Purify. Purify, God. What, what comes out of my mouth be only glory to you. In Zephaniah 3, verse 9, it says, For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve Him with one accord. What an awesome scripture. God is, is, is saying He's going to unify us, what? Around the Word, amen? We will be people of the Word. We will be people who have a pure speech. And that, that, that purity of speech brings a unity, doesn't it? There was a unity before around debauchery, right? We had a unity before around debauchery and all kinds of of ill things. But God's saying, I want to unify these people. And how will I unify them? Just like I scattered them, right? Through their speech. Their speech will be a pure speech. It'll be a speech that I give them. And it will bring them into one accord. Right? And, it, and it's, it's happened. We need to yield to it. It says they were all in one accord in one place. Right? And the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire. There's no, there's no accident that they saw tongues of fire. It's not an accident. It's a reality. And that's what he's saying. The unity that we have can be initiated through the Spirit of God taking control of our tongues, purifying our speech, and unifying us around it, around His Word. Remember, the, remember the, what He said about Babel, but let's take it and look at it on the flip side. Behold, they are one people and they have one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. Huh? It's only the beginning of what they And nothing that they propose to do now will be impossible for them. On the flip side of that, huh? God turning that around. Nothing will be impossible if we're in unity. If, if we first uh, have the Holy Spirit using our tongues. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, 
We yield to you. We yield to you, Lord. We ask you to take us like, like the horse, put a bridle in our mouth. Lead us, God. Help us not to speak when we're not supposed to. Job's comforters had it right. They just sat with him. They communed with him. They didn't need to speak. In fact, when they spoke, it became a problem. Lord, help us to yield to you. Help us, God, to allow your words to come out of our mouth. Words that are pleasing to you, Father. Help us to use our mouths to worship you. To yield our tongue to your Holy Spirit. That we may only glorify your name. Help us to be people of words that heal God. Let's put away all these other things and put on the new man. In Jesus' name, amen.